Blog Talk Radio. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Own Your Awkward podcast. I'm your host, Andy Vargo, and today we have the very inspiring and leader in our community, Dennis Patoko. Dennis, how are you today? I'm doing great, Andy. Thank you so much for inviting me for a, uh, a chat today. It's wonderful. Oh, I appreciate you being willing to uh, share a little bit about yourself and, and open up to people. It's, uh, it's going to be an amazing conversation, I, I just know. So uh, if you wouldn't mind, can you just give our listeners who maybe haven't seen you yet a little bit about who you are and what you have going on? Of course. Thanks, Andy. Um, I am, uh, by, de- by title, I'm the founder, publisher, and editor-in-chief of a uh, global website or media digest, as we call it. It's called bizcatalyst360.com. We've been around about eight years. We've got about 600 people writing for us, including Andy, and uh, we uh, we just love what we do. I mean, it's just amazing. We've met so many good people, and uh, we have a real unique ability because of what we do, and that is we publish articles on virtually anything uh, except breaking news, which means it's life, it's culture, it's what's on people's minds, it's storytelling. So as Andy knows, we have a real opportunity to really see what's on people's minds and little did we know that until we went through this you know recent three four months of pandemic and uh what's coming through the doors to be published it's just just amazing stories i do think books are being written behind the scenes here so without going too deep that's what we do we're living we're publishers and we just spread good word around the world yeah, and and Dennis, I have to thank you for including me in in your site. I I find that the types of articles that are shared on Biz Catalyst really take the conversation to the next level because they aren't there trying to market a cause. They're they're there to really bring up ideas and and inspire that conversation. Well, thanks for that. Let me just clarify something. You, you just touched on something that we tend to skip over. What you just said is important to me, and here's why. And I didn't realize how important it was until recently, and that is, you know, unlike virtually all the other major sites like us, and when I say major, we get about 2.5 million visitors a year, so we're not small anymore. But um, we have a unique freedom to basically say to Andy, as one of our writers, Andy, you know, you can write about anything you want, it can be as long as you want it to be, as short as you want it to be. It can be a story. It can be poetry, basically on any topic. Um, and the reason I can say that is we are 100% independent. You won't find advertising on our site. We're blessed to be able to say that. But it gives us the ability to tell writers to just write when you're inspired. And we're not going to an editorial board. And, again, I didn't realize how important that was Andy, until recently where somebody said to us, you know, we love what you do because unlike a lot of the other major media outlets right now, and I guess we're kind of in that bucket, um, you're not censoring anything. We can't take it to X, Y, or Z because of their advertisers are going to be in an uproar if we say anything that's untoward. Now, Andy, I didn't know how powerful that would be, but we've tested our metal. Now, the good news is our number of writers have gone up and our volume's gone up because people are now realizing we're not, as, as somebody would say, we're not your grandmother's website. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
<laughs> yeah, and I, I tell you, I appreciate that so much, both as a writer and a reader, because because I do have that that issue where if, as soon as I'm told how to write, the creativity out the window, the you know, my ability to stand behind the message can fade away because I I don't know if it's really to my core and and it's so refreshing as a reader because I know I can get different perspectives and I'm not being sold something. I'm not being pushed in a direction that was maybe outside of what the author's original intent my intent may have even been. So I definitely appreciate and what it. That, what that what that creates, though, Andy, and you know this, it creates a relationship with your readers um, because what you're writing then is from the heart, and it resonates, and they want to talk to you about it. And we see that through the comments coming through because the days of publishing Leadership 101 are gone. It's more mm-hmm. about what's on people's minds, what's in their hearts. Uh, it may be about leadership, but these days it's more about the softening or the vulnerable leadership because they've been forced to come out of the corner offices and deal with their people right now at a very difficult time. Yeah. And, and I have to say with this catalyst, I have to budget my time for after I release the article, knowing (laughs) that, that there's going to be interaction and there's going to be comments. And I've had another, um, another contributor say that same thing because it's like, Oh, I know that, that Dennis is going to get this article out there in the next day. And so I have to set time aside my calendar to come back and respond to those comments because I know they're going to be there. And it's, it's well, awesome and it's amazing, but it's, it's a step you don't always have to remember as a contributor. Well, that's true. And, but, and, and as you know, but that is where the relationships are formed, right there, by you doing what you just said and suddenly you're connecting with somebody who's taken an interest, which as a writer, I'm sure that means a lot to you, but it also – might send you in another direction for your next article. Plus, you've connected with somebody, and uh, we've seen these relationships grow. So, uh, you know, people talk to a lot of websites. People ask us, well, you know, when I wrote an article, how many visitors came? You know what we say, Andy? Don't worry about the number of visitors. Worry more about the number of comments, because if you're a good Mm -hmm. writer, most would rather have 10 great conversations versus 100 hits on their article with just likes. Um, right, and people are starting to understand it, that now. So, as you say, we create an avalanche of comments, but to us, that means your writing is just nailing it. Yeah, that's which is exciting to see, and it's also just as exciting to see an arg, a, a comment which provides a different perspective. Because a lot of times, I've been like, oh, you know, I'm sharing my perspective in the article, and I'm not trying to dominate the conversation with it it happens to be what we're commenting on but it's it's i've learned a lot from people saying yeah but have you seen it from this side or this is what i've experienced and that's the great environment of how respectful the comments are and regardless of whether or not you agree or come from the same perspective exactly exactly yeah so so dennis i i put everybody on the spot on this show and i ask them about their awkwardness and i i've been dying to know because i don't I don't see your awkwardness shining through other than the amazing things you're doing. And so, so what is that awkward thing you've had to own in order to get to where you are now? Thank you for it's a great question. And it's, it's an easy one for me because I can, I can remember the turning point. And let, let me just say, but I wasn't always a publisher. I'm not a writer. Um, I wasn't an editor. My background uh, was about 30-some years in banking around the world and mortgage lending and all that stuff. So 
Uh, I'm almost like the accidental publisher because I came in from the cold, mm. as they say. Um, I, I was blessed by being able to sell my, one of my, my last business, um, and I did well enough, came back to Tampa, settled down, had the opportunity, like view people have to make choices. Now, you know, what do you do? And the analogy I always use is it's like the dog that's chasing the car. You finally catch the car. Now what? Well, I cut the car at a pretty early age. I cut the car at an early age, my wife and I together. And we said, you know, we, we have choices now what we want to do with our time. And I won't go down that entire path, but the point is one of the choices we made, we made three, but one of them was to stay um, active, uh, to develop relationships, to stay connected, to be aware of what's going on in the rest of the world. Because if you're not going to work every day and doing the normal stuff, you can get disconnected very easily. And I know some people when they call it retirement and they do Sudoku or crossword puzzles, well, too young to do that. We can travel, but you can still get disconnected from the world. So that's where the notion of this catalyst came from. And I'm going to answer your question in a minute, but um, had to learn from scratch how to do, how to build a website, how to do everything we're doing. There was no mentor. And, yeah, you can go buy that. You get people to do it for you. But I was determined to become, and here's that magic word, vulnerable. And the word, mm-hmm. the awkward word is vulnerable because I had to open myself to, to a guy that was running these organizations around the world and in control, that magic word of control, all the time. Um, and then let go and exhale and say, well, maybe I don't know how to do this. So I'm prepared to start down this path. And it could be embarrassing, could be challenging, because I'm doing it myself. And not knowing where it's going to go, having the blessings to be able to say, and if it doesn't work, that's all right. But with all that freedom, almost like the writing freedom you and I just talked about, it's a little bit scary because you don't know where it's going to go. And can I say that over right. the last eight years since we launched, I have made every mistake in the book. Fortunately, most people <laughs> haven't seen them behind the scenes. I remember waking up right. one morning about six years ago, and the website was gone. And it was because something I oh, did. No. So we, I recovered from that. So I've got all that wisdom of experience that I don't normally share. But, um, you know, that vulnerability, though, changed me and it it flowed into how we decided to operate the site and to be more I don't know relaxed more personable to be accessible as you know Andy you can get to me you know mm-hmm. try to get to Forbes try to get to medium try to get to Forbes try to get to Huffington you know all these other places that are compared to us you might get to somebody but it ain't going to be the guy doing it and I said no if Andy's writing for me, I need to give him the respect of getting to me. Now, what does that do that makes me more vulnerable? Because I don't know what Andy's coming to me for, but I'm going to be prepared to either defend what we're doing or, or change something or answer his questions. But that's where relationships started being formed. And that's one of those things where it didn't set out to do what I did, but it's being molded by people like you and people that write for us because we started understanding if we just do everything starting with uh, putting our writers first and kind of work backwards, most websites will say, well, that won't make money, or we got to set up the sales and marketing first, or this. We said, no, we don't need those rules because we're blessed. So we're going to start backwards and say, let's start with our writers and see what we can do for them. And then the audience will then guide us, and on and on and on. 
but it really forced me to exhale, become more vulnerable. It's okay to make a few mistakes. You'll lose a little sleep over it. And um, along the way, it's just kind of changed the way I operate. And uh, it seems to have flowed through how we operate. And we don't look at our writers just as people that are right. We look at them as friends. I mean, that's okay. I mean, we just enjoy doing business with them and, the fact that we don't need to have an economic motive, again, gives us enough freedom to, to do what we're doing. And, uh, but it all started with vulnerability and being willing to do something entirely out of my realm. Yeah, I, I love the, just that, that you use that word vulnerable because I feel like I, I know I've done this when I started my business and, and a lot of different endeavors, even in my career before I was in business for myself the focus was always to hide vulnerability and figure out how to operate and get, and not have vulnerability. Yeah. And I think yeah. that actually is self-defeating because your whole focus is on how to, how to cover those up, how to mask them. And, and what you did was step into it and say, I'm going to be vulnerable here. Well, thank you for that. And, you know, something you and I talked about before the, the show today, but just to kind of regroup, other things we do, we have, a, like everybody else, we're on Zoom, and Andy, you know, we have a weekly call, which is called the Friendship Bench. Well, I've, I've gotten to the point of being so vulnerable that I'll walk into that call, and you, for the new people, you kind of like to reintroduce what we're doing and why we're doing it, and I said, please don't ever, and I said this last week, but I say it almost every week, never, never mistake what we're doing for me being in control here because I mean it. When we start the yeah. call and we throw a discussion topic out, it just flows. We don't have any real ground rules to cordon people off. So, um, And we don't want to have that control. I don't want to have that control. I want to just risk it. Almost like in this discussion, right. Andy, you don't know where it's going to go. But to me, that that's where you get authenticity coming into the room. Yeah, and and anytime I think we anytime we step into a situation where where we've decided we where we want the conversation to go or how it's going to be held, we close off the possibilities to growth because we haven't we haven't allowed ourselves to listen to other options that will be presented. Well now that's starting with your question. That's a marvelous question for this discussion. You know, you're awkward. And that's just because it's it's not a yes or no. Is it? It's uh, open-ended, and it really pushes people like me, or I'm sure all of your guests, to sit back and think for a minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm uh, signed up to be on a podcast, and I have a similar question, but it asks it in a different way. And when when they asked me what I was going to talk about, I thought, oh, my gosh, I put my guests on the spot about this all the time, and I don't even know how to answer their question, which was very similar. And it, I, I stepped back and I looked at it and I was, okay, I've got this now, but it took me a couple of days of kind of reflecting on how would I word a similar question when someone says, what is that, you know, that big kind of aha moment that you've had in life. And I'm like, I just feel like I'm surrounded by aha moments where it's like, oh, and now this and now that. But, uh, but it's an interesting way to reflect on yourself. Yeah. I, I am I'm curious so about... Um, so, so I'm curious about when you had that realization that you need that you were going to step into this vulnerability, and you start the company. Did you have boundaries on what you would limit that vulnerability to, like knowing that the tech side is one thing, or the, you know, or was it 
you're just stepping all in, or did you realize there were more vulnerabilities that you needed to find? Uh, well, let me say it this way. I didn't know what I didn't know, which is a heck of a place mm-hmm. to start. So, you know, you know, you see the ads on TV. You too can start a website. You know, in 30 minutes, you can be up. And uh, so um, I didn't know what I needed to know, which it really was a black sheet of paper. And all the way down from inventing the name to how do you do what you do. So, um, mm. I mean, that's the honest answer. I just didn't know. And I, there's certain things I can't do, like I can't house my website. So I had to find some, which is interesting. I had to find somebody to, I don't know, uh, not run the site. We do all the running and we do all the creativity, but to actually um, maintain the site on the server and getting into technical terms here. And mm-hmm. it's interesting, the guy that the guy that I found, it kind of connects the dots with something we just talked about. The guy that I found is based up in Canada. And I found him because the morning I woke up that my brand new website disappeared and I'm in a panic and, you know, I'm, I've already got a little uh, bit of yeah. following and a few writers. I had to find somebody, Andy, that could get me out of that mess. And I literally Googled this because back quite a few years and I found my a server administrator, his name is Roger, and he dug me out of the depths of despair, for lack of a better term, and mm-hmm. within a couple of days had the site back up. But he earned such loyalty, and he is now a good friend, and I just have such confidence knowing that if I can go from there to where I am today, and Roger's behind me, and I've learned a lot from him, but, I mean, that's how scary it got. But there, there were no boundaries. As I go back to what I said, I didn't know what I was going to be up against. I, I was just literally learning by trial and error, reading, and all the things you do. But then you suddenly get this responsibility when you get your first two or three or four writers on board because now you've got mm-hmm. to deliver yeah. whatever it is you're creating. Um, so that, I don't know, you raise the bar almost every single day. Um and that forces you to kind of go back to why you're doing it and are you committed. And the hours that I put in back then were just extraordinary, but it's the passion and the commitment behind it. So, uh, wow. I feel yeah, like I just want to confess. No, it's, it's perfect because I think that's one thing. Whenever we step into endeavors, there's this, uh, first of all, how much we have to learn in order to do it. And we really do need to learn it from the beginning to end in order to be self-sufficient. But any project that you take on, whether it's this new passion to have this new um, platform out there or even just a hobby, at some point we always have to bring in some sort of help. And whether you you're, you grow enough that you need to bring on help or you get to a point where you you can get to a certain level, but now you have more authors, so you more writers, so you need more um, space on your site, or however that is. And uh, at, what what did that feel well, like in the moment when you realized you needed help? Did you feel like that was giving up your control, or no, no, no I, I was just so desperate. It's either take me out of my pain, or I'm going to have to just quickly undo all this. Uh, but I was just determined, and I just kept digging until I happened to come upon Roger, and the rest is history, as they say. But what I learned from that experience also, and this gets back to vulnerability, and I, my background in banking and all that, I was always entrepreneurial. I started businesses. I opened businesses. And so most entrepreneurs aren't either good at or willing to collaborate. 
because it's the old story. Nobody mm. can do it better than me, whoever that is. I learned right. with Roger's experience, but I've learned along the way, like I mentioned the Zoom calls we're doing, that that's a collaboration with uh, Humans First, Mike Vacanti. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, there was a time where we had, I just said, no, no, I don't want to partner with anybody because I have this vision. We've learned the value of collaborating with people that I shouldn't say like-minded, but people that are just good people because in doing so um, took a lot of stress off doing something we'd never done before. And that's a weekly zoom call. And because it's it's vulnerable going into that saying, I don't know how this thing's going to operate. Well, Mike had been doing it for a while. So he kind of invited us to the party. We were bringing all that we bring to the party. Mike was bringing the comfort of having been there and done it. And we, we've collectively reinvented it each week and over the months, but there was a time where partnerships weren't going to be in my picture because I was too much of an entrepreneur. And I think you have to be a little more vulnerable to lose letting go of control once again. So as you can see, that word vulnerable keeps coming into the discussion because it's just weaving yeah. out. And it's, it's refreshing to talk about it, Andy, because I think the stress goes down and just, I don't know, you sleep better at night knowing mm-hmm. you're not in it. We're in it together, as Mike would say. Right. And, and I think that really – acknowledging it and being able to talk about it really helps people understand that it's it's okay to be scared. I think a lot of times we don't take steps forward because we start to doubt ourselves. We start to feel that vulnerability or we get afraid of the failure from trying to be successful. And yet we forget about everybody else who's gone before us has had that feeling and they still did it. And it's natural to have that time where you second guess yourself, but you still have to take the step and that's where the empowerment comes through. But then to be well, able to look back and say, yes, it was scary. Yep. And it's, it's, I used to use this phrase when I was in being a, an entrepreneur and opening businesses. It's going to the edge of the cliff and being willing to jump off. And you don't know if there's water down there. You don't know what's going to happen. In my entrepreneurial mm-hmm. days, I was always the guy that went to the cliff and jumped. And not that I didn't care, but I was willing to take the risk. And that's no different than what we've done here. And, you know, what's interesting, in in the world we live in right now, Andy, and you and I were talking earlier about what's going on around us all and loss of control in the pandemic, um, that ability to be vulnerable has really come in handy right now because I'm used to kind of not being out of control, but I'm used to the feeling of it's okay, you know, we may have lost mm-hmm. some control, other people making decisions. But then again, we've gathered so many people that aren't used to it. And I think part of it is walking the talk and they can see that, you know, not Dennis, but if these guys and these gals are okay with it, at least I know whoever I am that I'm not in it alone. And it's okay. And I'm right. not the only one feeling feeling what I'm feeling right now. That's part of the gathering of these folks weekly, but it's just the culture we're in right now. So, that experience has been – I didn't realize how valuable it would be, Andy, until recently. Yeah, it's interesting how we have these experiences in life and we, we kind of up our game as far as what we have in our toolbox to work with and what muscles we've worked. But you're, but you're right, until something happens that makes us realize how far we've grown or how comfortable we are in situations, we, we're kind of coasting with things that we've experienced and then – when we get to test them, that's when we really open our eyes to what some of our skills are or what growth we've really had. 
Well, there's nothing more comfortable. Some of these people on these calls or other involvement that we're in, there's nothing more comforting for them to hear than, I've seen this movie before, which tells them we've right. been there, we've kind of seen this, we kind of know how to do it. We're still going to do it together with you, but it's not new to us. Um, and that's just somehow you can get comfort out of that, that you're not alone once again. Right. And, and to talk to people who have faced challenge from any walk of life, you can bring those lessons into whatever you're facing currently in your situation. You know, it doesn't have to be that, you know, maybe you're talking to a war veteran and they're sharing their story of their fear or their scary times. And you can, you can bring that into your own life and figure out when you, when you're scared, how did they face their fear and how can you face your fear? Even if you're not going to battle literally. Exactly. And, you know, it's in, in, in talking to people versus reading, oh, how powerful that is. Mm-hmm. You're getting right, like, like we are right now, we're connecting at a much deeper level than if I just wrote an article on this and sent it to you. And it's, I mean, it's right. real, people going, real people going through real challenges and, uh, well, what an experience it is. We're, we're happy yeah, to and be I, where we are that we, that we can reach out, you know. Yeah, I agree. And it's such a valuable thing when someone is willing to share their story with you and take their time out of their day and, and be vulnerable and open up and share where they've come from because that's yep. such a gift and we don't do it nearly often enough. And so just to sit back and listen is, is the best reward we can give them back and show well, the respect. I was, I was on a call earlier today and somebody used the right word that I just frames what you just said. I think the word is magical. Uh, mm. It's it's mm-hmm. what it is. It's hard to describe things, but it's a magical experience when you can connect at that level and, I don't know, bring comfort in a time where it's hard to do right now. So, gee. Yeah. I, I think that we have, with a lot of social media interactions, there's a lot of, you know, post and go or just, you know, throw up your message yep. and run. And, and a lot of times those messages are limited to, you know, 280 characters or, or whatever the length is that, you know, we get, we get in this mindset <laughs> of just dropping short little things out there and never getting very deep in that type of environment. So when we can step out and actually listen to someone's voice in a conversation, ask questions and be vulnerable enough to go deep and hear things we might not want to hear, but also say things we might not be comfortable sharing in a respectful way. It just, you're right. Magical is the best word for it. That, that's the best. Yep. So, uh, Dennis, we are down to just a couple minutes here. What advice would you give to someone who needs to own their awkward? Um, gee. Um, don't hesitate. In other words, always, I don't want to use a word to use too much, but always lean into it. Lean forward. Go forward. Uh, as I've suggested, you know, you look, you're at the edge of the cliff. You don't know if there's water down there, but jump. Because um, mm. you're, you're just going to be, you're going to, I'm sorry, you're going to discover a gold mine when you jump. Even if there isn't water, you may bounce a few times, you know, but you'll be surviving <laughs> on the other side. Right. And you're going to be around to give the advice to other people. And uh, I don't know, I'm just one, I'm, I've always had a bias for action. And that's the way I've kind of grown up. So um, my mm-hmm. advice to people would be, be more in that direction. Just keep moving, go forward, uh, risk it. 
I think, well, I think that's very fitting because a lot of times we get to the cliff and that's, that's what takes the wind out of our sails is that hesitation or that, that fear to actually make the jump. It's like, we got all the way there. We just need to do that one more thing. And we're going to land in that, you know, oasis of water, or we're going to get some rough lessons. So that the next jump is more successful, but either way, it's not going to hurt you the way you think. Yep. Amen. Well, that is, that is awesome. Well, thank you so much, Dennis. This has been a pleasure to chat with you live, have this conversation and, and learn more about, about how you got to where you are today. Well, Andy, thanks for asking the tough questions. I've been through a lot of discussions, but a lot of people kind of bounce, you know, work around the edges, and I, it's 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 cathartic to be able to. And you're asking me questions I haven't thought about in a long time, so it's it's nice to walk down memory lane a little bit because after this call, I'll have a different perspective than before the call. So uh, what you're doing does make a difference. Well, I'm, I appreciate that. I'm I'm glad to hear that because. Uh... You know, a lot of times you hear the listener's perspective, but not the the person who's who's on the conversation. Uh, you don't hear how it can change them. So I really appreciate that. My pleasure, Andy. All right. Well, thank you so much, Dennis. Be sure to check out bizcatalyst360.com so you can get more of the great work Dennis is doing and follow him on all the social media. You'll see his links in the description uh, below. And uh been a great conversation. Thank you so much, Dennis. Andy, thanks. We'll talk to you again soon. All right. Thank you. And everybody else, until next time, remember to own your awkward. <laughs>